0: Of your mind and all of your mind. Amen. Huh? Why did he say that twice? Isn't that very strange? To love the Lord God with all of your heart, to love me with all of your mind, and yet yeah, don't forget to love me with all of your mind. I'm sure that it raised the brow of the people just like it's raising the brows of you today, this morning. But actually, the reason that Jesus stated mind twice is because the mind basically has two functions hello, two functions, your mind does two things. I know that some of you may have more degrees than a thermometer and you may be smarter than me and you can do your own research, but the mind does two things. It remembers and it imagines. It remembers and it imagines. In other words, your mind has a memory. It's like a filing cabinet and you open the drawer drawer for the cabinet and all these files are there. If you're you're not an older person and you're more tech savvy, then it's some type of a software that keeps all the records of everything that has ever happened. So your mind remembers or your mind has the ability to imagine. And this is what Jesus was telling us. Jesus said, I want you to love me with all of your heart. And and I don't want to get so focused on the mind that we forget about how important loving God with all of your heart is, uh, means to us today. Because your heart is the center seat of every desire you have. It's the center seat of every ounce of energy you have and every ounce of passion that you have. And Jesus would say to us, I want you to love me with all of your heart. All of your energy belongs to me. All of your passions belong to me. Everything that you have, I want you to love me first. But then I want you to love me with all of your mind. In other words, here's what he's saying. I want you to love me with your memory. And I want you to love me with your imagination. In other words, I want you to remember the goodness of God in every part of your life. I want you to recall to your memory memory just how good God's been in your life every season of your life. But then I don't want you to stop there. I want you to continue on, and I want you to just imagine how good I can still yet be. I still want you to imagine all of the things that I could still do. And because I am a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that you can ask or think, then, God, then some of us never see God do anything because we never imagine anything. You're still awake this morning. Here's the problem. Your memory is the size of a closet. Your imagination is the size of a universe. And the problem is because most of us live our entire life in the closet of our memory. We live in a file cabinet and we live in a memory of everything that has happened to us Everything that is painful, everything that is hurtful, everything that someone said, what they did to me when they left, how they left, how they betrayed me, how they hurt me, who walked out on me, who abandoned me, who abused me, who didn't do me right, who done me wrong. And we see so many people living in the area of their memory and living in the past hurtful and painful things. And the reality of it is I cannot get my life unstuck until I learn how to get my head unstuck out of the closet and learn how to live in the imagination of my mind. Watch, if I want my life to change, my mind has to change first. I cannot ever end up in a place in life that my mind is not already there. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, that is the truth that we embrace, that it is what you are. You are what you think. So what you think, as a man thinks, what you think, so is you. There's approximately 800,000 words in this book, 800,000. There's probably close to 2,000, a little over 2,000 pages in my Bible. Some of you got a Bible that has 17,000 pages in it. I don't know what all's in it. (laughs) Some of them Bibles get kind of crazy. 800,000 words, 2,000 pages, and what's What's interesting to note is that this book, from front to back, there's only one thing that this Bible tells me that can actually change my reality. The way I think. The way I think. As a man thinks, so is. Is is the state of being. It's the, sta- it's the state of being verb. My reality is the direct result of everything that I've embraced to be true. Who you are, where you're at, What's going on, it's all a reality. It's a byproduct of what you allow in your mind. So whatever I embrace in my thought life becomes the reality that defines me. Ah, not getting a lot of help. We see things in our life that don't, that we don't like and we wonder so many times how they got there and we're so quick to blame other things and other people when I would challenge you today to look in the mirror and we see things in our life that we don't actually like and what's our first reaction our first reaction is that we attempt to put our hands on it hoping to change the thing in my life that I don't like Not realizing that it's only there because it's a byproduct of how I think. So watch this. If I really want to change, I don't need to put my hand on it. I need to put my hand on my head and say, God, help me to change the way that I think. Because there's things in my life that I don't like. There's things about my character, my personality, my language, my life, my marriage, my relationships. There's things there that I don't like. So remove your hand in the name of Jesus. Remove your hand from it. Put your hand on your own head and say, God, help me to change my perspective and my thought life concerning everything I've got going on. Why? Because if I can ever change my mind, I can change anything if I ever learn how to change my mind then I can change anything if I learn how to change my mind I can change my marriage how do I change my marriage I've got to start thinking differently about my marriage I can change my economy how do I change my economy I have got to learn how to start thinking different about money how i can change my relationships how I've got to learn how to think differently Concerning relationships. If you want to change your home, then start changing the way you think about your home. If you want to change your children, start changing the way you think about children. If you want to change your attitude, then start changing the way that you think about people. Hello? And the problem is that we want to change all of the stuff around us, but keep keep thinking the same way that we've always thought. Not realizing, watch this, that Jesus can pull you out of anything and he can change everything around you. But if your mind doesn't change, then you'll bring back everything that he pulled you out of. And, and it oh, y'all better help me right here. And it won't be long that the freedom that he brought into your life, you'll bind yourself right back in the same place let me just just think, think about this the, the mentality the, the poverty mentality to, to walk around and to think that god never wants you to be blessed financially and throwing out the baby with the bath water because of a few people who sell miracle water for a thousand dollars on tbn is hogwash I understand that's not right, but you're, if you have a poverty mentality, I promise you, you can win the lottery and win $10 million. You'll blow every bit of it in five years and be right back in poverty. Your financial amount in your bank account does not, is not what it takes to make you wealthy and rich. It's a mindset. You don't have to have a million dollars to get a million dollars. You just have to have the right mind. That's good preaching, ain't it, Pastor. Watch this, if there's chaos on the inside of me, just give it time, my family is going to be chaotic. Watch, if I don't have peace in my life, just give it time. There's going to be unrest in my house. Why? Because I'll never have a home that is completely free if the individuals in the home are not free. (laughs) So if I want to change what's around me, then the first thing that has to change is not your spouse, it's not your kids, it's not your pastor, it's not your church, it's not your boss, it's not your business, it's you. And the reason that most people don't ever change is because they spend their life trying to change everybody and everything, not realizing the antidote for a different kind of life is not January 1. It's a mindset that says, I'm going to think differently. Everyone with me so far? Now, we have a hard time embracing this in the church because there's too much responsibility that comes with it. (laughs) Why? Because many times, what do we do in the church? We blame the devil. Many times, we're quick to blame a devil for something. Why? Because we don't, can I be honest? You know why we're so quick to blame the blame the devil on everything going on in, in our lives? Number one, number one, you may not be, but number one, I'm freezing cold. Number two, <laughs> number two, the reason that we're so quick to blame the devil is because there's, can I be honest, there's too much pride to blame ourselves. We don't, we don't like to point the fingers back at ourselves. Oh, yeah. Even in the church. We're quick to blame the devil, and we're quick to blame other people. Oh but the reality of it is we don't end up in places in life because of what happens to us. We, we don't end up in, hear me, we don't end up in certain places in life because we've been hurt by someone. If someone hurts you and you ended up in this place, it's not their fault. They're not to blame. Is that your mindset needs to change and the way that you view that needs to change, right? The reality of it is wherever you're at in life is a direct result of your thought process. In other words, how did I get there? How how did I go from teen challenge to pulpit? How did I go from a drug addict? a needle junkie, a whore a and a, and a and a thief, how did I get from there to preaching the Bible where I dress differently? I don't dress the same way I used to because I'm a different person. I, I shave differently. I walk differently. I'm completely, uh, you got Bible? Of course I do. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed. In other words, you've seen the transformers. If this table transforms into a Bible, you look at that Bible and you never, there's not one piece of clothing, there's not one piece of hair, there's not one word that comes out of its mouth that will ever give you the hint that it used to be a table. Why? Because that's what biblical transformation is. I don't, I don't want you to ever look at me and think they used to be a drug addict. I want to give a testimony to you and your mouth hits the floor and you say, I'm never looking at you now. I never would have thought that that was the life. Why? Because my life has been transformed completely. Watch. Watch. How do I get to that place? By the renewing of your mind. You have to think your way in the transformation. Ooh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Okay. This is why some people never go anywhere. Because they don't have no vision. Vision comes from God. Watch. But it's placed in the imagination of your mind. And if you live in the closet of your memory, then you can never walk in what God could do next because you're so hung up on what happened later or used to or yesterday. Right? But if you and your family ever sit down and start thinking about where could we be in 10 years? You understand? That's what vision is. Where do I want my family to be at in five years? Where do I want my business to be at next year? Watch, even in the church, that's what we do, vision casting. Where do I want the church to be at in the next five years? You understand today that if you never have a vision for your life, your money, your relationships, your marriage, your family, your church, chances are you'll never get there. I I want you to hear me. I know this is a hard, sobering word. You'll never get to somewhere that you can't see in your mind. Why? Because if I can hold it in my mind, I can hold it in my hand. But if I can't ever live in that universe of my imagination to imagine, in other words, where I can see something that's not there now, that's what that is. That's what imagination is. In the church, we call it vision. Can I keep going? Are y'all all right? Is this all right? Let me say it this way. You'll never rise above what you don't know. If you don't know something, you'll never rise above that. Okay, let me say it in a spiritual way uh, concerning God. You will never rise above your revelation. Whatever your level of revelation is, you'll never just supersede that and rise above it. You ever sit back and just listen to all the New Year's resolutions? I I love January 1. I don't make resolutions. I I know you feel different, but I I just don't. I love watching things, and you know what? There's a few that always make the top three, top five. You know, people, I don't have anything against them. I just don't make them. I'm um, coming into a new season. I'm going to get a new boss. I'm going to eat better. Here's my problem with that. They actually think that they're going to eat better because all the bad food's going to go away. <laughs> I'm going to get a new job. I'm, I'm going to have a better marriage. Watch, don't get offended, but no, you ain't. When, when January 1 hits, it's going to be the same old world that you used to live in. Come on, help me right there, somebody. Huh? you you, you going to have a new marriage? Hmm. Well, guess what? Your husband's still going to smell the same way he's always smelled. <laughs> His feet's going to stink like it always... Come on, somebody. When you go to work, just because it's January 1 doesn't mean the attitude of your boss is going to be any different. Come on, somebody <laughs> help me right there. Your office is not going to get painted. It's gonna, it, come on, C- Lauren, it's going to be the same color it was five months ago. Hear me, things around us don't change simply because January 1 hit. So New Year's resolution, the only thing that will change all of the things around us is by having a brand new you it's by having the the, resolu- the. if I had to make a resolution it would be change me change my mind change the way that I think because I understand that if I could ever change the way that I think whether it's January 1 April 1 or November 1 if I ever change the way that I think then I understand that everything in my life is going to eventually change and yes my husband may start what or my uh, what my wife I'm sorry I don't know why I just felt weird when I said that. Immediately, the devil was trying to distract me. But I like your hair. So, you know, Amen. if I ever change my mind, then eventually the things around me will change. And yes, that office might get painted. And yes, God will either change the heart of my boss or move me out to find me another place. It's not that I have to put my hand on everything around me to try to change everyone and change things. It's just I need to change myself everybody follow me so far right so I've got to change my mind so wherever I want to go in life my mind has to go there first as a man thinks so is he what does that mean it means that you should always be thinking further than you really are if I want to go somewhere then my mind has to go there first Watch, then I need to live in a constant state of thinking and processing a place that I'm not yet yet there in the moment. What's it called? Watch this. It's called preparation. (laughs) How does God prepare me? He gives me a vision of where I'm going, and then I start preparing in the now for what's coming then. And this is not just in the church. This is in your life. You're still with me? This is the number one strategy for church growth. Or this is the number, you want your business to grow? Uh, we've got some, some business owners in here. I, myself, am one. I talk about it a lot now because it's on my heart a lot. You know how to grow a business? Think about where, not where it's at, but where it needs to be. In your mind, you have to always be thinking further down the, ro- out down the road and be doing things in the now for what's going to happen then. It's like being in a small country town. More country than Malvern. This ain't really country to me. I'm from the Delta. On prom night, population five. (laughs) And you pull up to a gas pump and a tuxedo. And all the other five people wear overalls. You 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 ever been in a situation like you start answering people's thoughts. And as soon as you get out to pump gas, someone pulls up beside you and they just look at you and you already know what they're thinking. And... Don't even say nothing. You answer the question for I'm going to the prom. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to the prom. Because everybody knows you don't dress like that to go to the gas station. But but watch this, because it's the same way that we should operate in our spiritual lives. Watch. I'm living here, but I'm dressed for there. I, I know that I know I'm here but I've got my mind dressed for where I'm going. So in other words, don't look at me where I'm at right now. Don't look at the moment that I'm in right now. Don't look at where we're at in this moment because if you could ever get in my head and if you come on somebody you better get excited about if you could ever tap into my mind and and if you could ever see what I see then you would understand why I'm talking the way that I'm talking and if you could ever see a picture of where my mind is already then you'll understand why I act the way that I act and you'll understand why I've structured my family the way that I've structured it because if you could ever see where my mind is I know I'm standing here but my mind is over there already because I know what God has called me to and I know what God is calling my family to and I know what he's going to do in my business. I know what he's going to do in my relationships, my ministry and my marriage. Why? Because my mind is already there. He's given me a vision not just for the church but my entire life has a vision from God. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to do something that's significant in life. Amen. yeah so I'm just here waiting on God to perform everything that I see in my mind. I'm waiting on God to follow through with everything I've been imagining. Somebody say, "Amen, can I keep going? So your mind has two parts: memory and imagination. Man I'm burning a slap up. My goodness, what did y'all do to me? Playing games with me. I'm actually almost done. Memory and imagination. Watch. Paul says, forgetting those things which are, I press on. Hear me. It does not say that we forget or have selective amnesia on every painful and hurtful thing that's ever happened to us the word forget means to willfully unnotice here's what that means the painful things in my life are not my focus it means the things that have been done to me in my past are not what I give my attention to. That's what that verse means. Forgetting those things does not mean you, ever, you never recall it to your memory. It just means they never have the focal point of your life. It means they're not your focus. So what do we have to do? We have to refocus. That's what people do. However, too many times, sad but true, they live... And the painful, hurtful things that people have done for them. In other words, they live in the small room of the memory. And they forfeit the universe of the imagination. And they live trapped in that small room of their minds. And the calendar turns year after year after year and they spend the majority of their life their 20s their 30s their 40s their 50s watch they spend the majority of their life in something that we call regret because they can never get out of that little room and i watch i can experience anything that i want to experience in my mind did you know that that that's how powerful the mind is i just found that out That the mind is so powerful that i can experience anything that i want to i can be in disney world almost a little over 900 miles away, almost a 1,000 miles away, and I can be there with my wife just by myself, me and her, and I can stop in a moment, and I can, in my mind, I can think about my little girl or my my kids. And what'll happen? A big smile will come on my face. A big smile comes on my face. I can think about something stupid she did (laughs) because Grace is notorious for things like that, or something silly that she said, like a few weeks ago, and you just start laughing, a thousand miles away, and you just start acting crazy, people look at you like you're crazy, he's talking to himself, (laughs) why, because you have the ability to relive, relive experiences in your mind, and because of that, when we do that, you're not really where your body is, you're where your mind is, amen that's why we tell people get your mind in it your mind's not here your when someone's mind is not here their body their, their physical body may be here but in reality they're wherever they're thinking so wherever your head is that's where you are huh that's why you that's why I'm telling you that you've got to constantly be thinking ahead so that your life ends up where your mind is oh y'all ain't getting this on the contrary you can think about not baby grace, but you can think about that thing that somebody did to you last week. <laughs> you can think about what that bad thing that somebody said. Think about that painful thing, that hurtful thing, that wrong thing. Is it right? I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm not here to talk about what some, that somebody that did you wrong. I'm here to talk about you. You don't have the ability to change nobody else, but you have the ability to change you. You can be thinking about that. You can think about a frustration you're having. Guess what happens? A thousand miles away, your blood pressure goes up. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping nobody. Your palms get sweaty. Don't make me sing Eminem on this stage. <laughs> Guess what else happens? Your countenance changes. Why? Because you're experiencing something that happened in your mind. Anyone can go anywhere they want to in their mind. Watch this. Let me tie this together and end. You can experience any feeling you want to in your mind. This is why the Bible says whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, think on it's not the thoughts that randomly go through your head. It's the place that you allow your thoughts to rest. For those that are, you know, pastor, you've been, you've been Bible-based, you've given us some scripture, but I'm a science kind of guy, I need some facts. All right, it's scientifically proven that when a thought enters your head, you have 30 seconds to deal with it. 30 seconds. Why? Because after 30 seconds, the thoughts are always followed by feelings. It's harder. Thank you, Lord. This is why the Bible says to take captive every thought. Watch, good and bad. Because if you don't take a thought captive after 30 seconds, then a feeling follows. It's very hard to take captive the feelings. It's much easier to take captive the thought before the feeling comes. That's why the Bible says no matter if it's good or bad, take it captive so the feeling don't come and determine your decisions. ever get into a habit of taking captive every thought and I can get into a place where I am in control of my feelings that come along with them, then ultimately what that looks like in my life is a place of victory. The reason that most people can't walk in victory over things outwardly is because they don't know how to control it in their mind. You fail, most people fail and fall in areas of their life because they fail and fall in their heart and in their mind first. Nobody ever wakes up as a complete, full-blown drug addict. You made a decision to do it. And the decision was preceded by a thought. No man, I know we got kids, I'm very cautious of the, the content, No man, no woman wakes up one day and looks over and they're in the bed with another person they're not married to. Like, oh, I don't even know who you are and how I got here. That don't ever happen. You thought your way into that place. I can't live in victory in my life if my mind is not right. Because you can't control every thought that comes in, but you can control everything you meditate on. So watch this. When we live in a room of memory... We pull out the filing cabinet of every hurtful and wrong thing that has ever happened to us. Watch this. And if we don't take that thought captive when it enters our mind, the feeling called emotion comes in. Why are we so emotionally driven? In other words, why do we let our emotions dictate our decisions? It's because we have not learned how to take thought every captive, and the thought stays there long enough until it's followed by a feeling, which is the emotion, and we call that fear, we call that anxiety, we call that worry, we call that insecurity, we call that depression. And it's all because we have not learned how to take thought every captive. And I just want to challenge anyone in this room this morning that is feeling anxious in your life. I want to challenge you. Where are your thoughts resting? Where are you allowing your thoughts to rest at the end of the day? Let me just challenge the entire church. Those of you that are always anxious those of you that are always afraid, where does your mind set at? Where do you, th- where does your thoughts rest at? Because where I allow my thoughts to sit, my emotions will follow. Now, I'm almost done. Hang with me. The best is at the last. You're going to holler and yell and scream. It's so good. So, when you see me getting fired up, that's what you do. Okay. So now, that's the bad side of the memory. But let me just share with you one good thing about your memory. Because we don't need to forget about the victories in our life. We don't need to forget about the times that God has answered prayers. We don't need to forget about the times that we prayed and we came to church and God brought breakthrough. We don't need to forget about the times that God delivered us from an addictive life. We don't need to forget those things. This is why God told them to build a pillar, a testimony, to come back, a memorial and remembrance. This is why Jesus told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. Why? Catch this. Because your memory will either keep you trapped or keep you in victory. almost finished david was 12 years old we're getting ready we're building up right here david was 12 years old holding a slingshot walking toward not just a big man walking toward the philistine militia he was a militia all by himself he was their secret weapon his name was goliath watch this why did david have the confidence to fight this military machine watch he remembered. I <laughs> oh, feel the Lord. I've killed a bear. I remember one time that I've killed a lion. His past victories in his memory gave him the confidence to face the biggest thing that he's ever faced in his life. How do you have the confidence to hit a mountain head on? How do you have the confidence to walk through the most difficult season of your life? Your memory. God's done it before. He's done it again. Two things that, it's just a side note, two things that most churches can't grow. The reason why, because there's lack of people, lack of money. And sometimes we, as pastors and leaders, we, we pray for those things, and I never get worried about it. You know why? Because I've been there before. I've had none of that before. And I say, God's brought me through it before. He's going to continue to bring me through it. He's delivered my life. So if my kids, far be it, begin to go wayward, He's going to deliver their life. Your memory of your past victories will give you the confidence that you need to face the most difficult season of your life. But watch, but watch, but wait, there's more. Notice how David switches from his memory that gave him the confidence to his imagination. You come at me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord who has given you into my hands this day. Why was David victorious? Because before he ever went to that battlefield, he had already imagined himself holding the head of the giant that stood before him. And David went from remembering every victory that gave him the confidence to walk through it to imagining walking in victory. And young David let the rock go and everything that he had in his mind, it came to pass. And I'm telling you that if you can ever get your mind there, it's just a matter of time before your life begins to follow suit. If you can imagine coming out on the other side better than the way you went in. It's just a matter of time before you're coming out. I see light at the end of the tunnel. I know that God's going to bring me out. Somebody give God a shout of I got to close.